All right, this is what episode is this? Three. Episode three, Moto Academy podcast. Yeah. And you know what I've been enjoying lately? <laughs> looking like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I've been enjoying just wearing a lot of my own merch. <laughs> I tell you what, these straw hats really coming in handy, especially because I've been doing all my uh, all my homework at the pool. Mm. So all, all of my all of my work has been done at the pool. Been wearing the straw hat, and then at night and in the morning, when we got a little chill, little cold breeze coming through, I put on this hoodie. So make sure you guys go to the go to tour.themotoacademy.com. And before we got like twenty days left before this one twenty five is given away. So every dollar you spend is an entry to win my 125. So go spend some money before you start this podcast. Now, let me take this straw hat off so I can actually hear what you're saying. Wow. Just just amazing. I got new headphones too, by the way. Yeah, they're giant. <laughs> they're, they're kind of giant. <laughs> do they look ridiculous? Because they're really comfortable. I mean, I guess that's what is important, I suppose. Yeah, what's up with these things? Definitely not the most stylish, huh? Yep. We've uh, had three podcasts I've recorded from three different locations. Um, yeah, why? Because there's no room in this apartment, so I like can't set up the camera. And then I was like, "Oh, I'll use the big room. This is a big room, and the the setup is still as tight as it was." So I don't, I can't win. I liked your your last setup. Looked good. Yeah. Well, this you can't How's see mine it. mine looking? It looks fine. I mean, you can't see it from FaceTime, but I have a giant picture of myself. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> here look so you can see what's behind you oh that's cool it's a big canvas of jet and i i swear i'm not that much of a super fan um just quick short little story Mm. it was one of my bucket list two two bucket list clients since i started video was kawasaki and red bull and the footage from the jet reveal video a bunch of it got used in red bull's documentary so that was like a bucket list deal to have worked for Red Bull. So it's a yeah, giant shooting on that day, right? that day. The day yeah. So that's why, you know, huge bucket list thing for me. So I have a giant printout of myself in my kitchen. Hey, you want another cool tidbit? What's that? Do you know where I, I just bought these sunglasses. That's why I'm wearing them. I'm really proud of them. Yep. I think they're, they're cool. Do you yep. want to know where I saw them? Where you saw them? Yeah. Where did somebody you very them? famous recently just wore these sunglasses somewhere very public? Can you take a guess? Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. How, how did you guess that? <laughs> who, who else would it be? Those look like Johnny Depp sunglasses. Oh my God. Oh, great guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm such a good guesser. All right. Um, so here's what happened. I haven't had time to watch, finish watching the races yet. So guess what? What are we going to do, Albert? We're going to spectate t- together. We're going to spectate. Last couple laps. Apparently, I've been told that everything happens in the last two laps. So we are going to watch the last two laps of 450 Moto 2. I've watched all the other races, um, but have not finished. AJ, you're going to have to just listen because. Will I be able to hear it at least? Yes, you'll be able to hear it. Oh, Tomax on rocks. All right, here we go. Try to get by Kenny. I mean. He is so close, just can't make it happen. That's a testament to Ken. To your point, not giving up, gritting it Did out. Did you see how many times quitting. that Tomac attempted to pass Roxon? No. After the podcast, you, you go back a couple more laps and yeah. watch because Tomac 
put in so many pass attempts. It was insane, and Roxon was just like a champ. Really? Wow, that's kind of on. Can I say that that's unlike him? Because I feel like that's kind of unlike him. No, it was like the most I've ever seen him fight for a position before. Wow. In the booth, waiting. Dude, freaking Caroli whole shot master though. Yeah. Trying to get to the side. This was not a passing track. Every moto was kind no, of like... No, no, no. The layout... It, the track sucked for passing. It was like kind of a bummer. Every track was like... The racing was for the first five minutes and then everybody just spread out. Mm -hmm. Except for this, apparently. Oh! Wow. That's when Eli just jumped like three rods. Yeah. That was kind of a, that was a crazy move, actually. Yeah. Dang. It was a lot of trust that Roxon wouldn't punt him, first of all. Yeah. But I, I can't believe he thought he was going to have that. <laughs> I mean, it looked like it could have yeah, worked. Carmichael just said it's surprised he still went for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it in the bag. Stepic 21st. Did he get points yes, in Moto 1? Yeah, 19th Moto 1. Yeah. What is that? A point? Two points? Should be two. Nice. So this is second to last laps, though. There's two laps to go, yeah. Great job, especially with Chase Sexton, getting him comfortable. Oh, yeah, there were real rumblings mid-season about Sexton with the motorcycle struggling with it. And boy, have they ever played Jaywalk, P26. With that opening round win. And now he's yeah, and apparently they gave him the checkered flag on the last lap when it wasn't supposed to get the checkered flag. So he pulled off and then he got passed by two guys that no. didn't get lapped yet. Oh, that blows. Yeah, not that it matters because 26 is 28. Like, right. What, what does it really matter? Right. Not a better way to do it. Heading toward the white flag here for Chase Sexton. Just missed the Moto Wins last week. Fourth in Moto 1 today. Tell you what, you saw at this track, though, how much standing deep into the ruts pays off. Dude, not to mention people, like, watching Hunter the last two laps of Moto 2, just feet on everywhere. It was spectacular. Yeah, even people like Hunter and Jet don't usually leave feet on either yeah. necessarily. And they were doing it quite a bit, which just shows you like in deep ruts, how it is easier to just stand up, leave the feet on. Hunter, believe it or not, is kind of lazy with his feet more so than um, Jet is. You kind of see Hunter's feet like dangling, not yeah, out, like when he sits, on. he'll purposely just put it like this and just dangle it. Yeah, it's very strange. Miller and Rod Bell. That's 15, 16. Tristan Lane. Bryson Henry Miller killed it. Coach Henry out there. We got a bunch of Moto oh, wow, Academy yeah, coaches just scoring points. Yeah. Chase Sexton. Great run. Not much more you can say about it. He needed to strike back. Is this white flag yet? This, this has been the last lap, yeah. And Roxanne and Tomac were coming after him. They got the yeah. gap down to about second and a half. Once they started battling, he pulled away. I know guys like you, everybody, everyone of the Hey, there's Welton. That's your boy, right? Yeah, you killed him. That's kind of the, the way riding is done in the modern <gasps> era. Yeah, Ooh, that was close. Standing up, you'll see 
They rarely take their feet off the pegs going through the corners. Ooh, that's all they talk about now is I keeping like their that. I like that. Got to send him a thank you message. Oh, yeah, it's completely different. I mean, he sits down way more than these guys do these days. And um, these guys ride with a lot more balance Dang. and uh, let the bike work underneath them. And just completely different, you know. This Any second now. Different. Any, I, we're almost to the checkered. Like, oh my. Oh, and Roxon's already gone. Roxon is going to steal the moto win on the last lap. We have seen this before. No way. Back in the Minneapolis round of Monster Energy Supercross, he had a short wind slip through his fingers. And now we have to do the calculations for the overall. I believe it's going to be Ken Roxon. No way. With a 2-1. And all of that fight to hold off Tomac is going to pay off. Ken Roxon has won <laughs> in Thunder Valley. <laughs> what? That's sick. Unbelievable. Eli Tomac probably thought he has the race win right here. Yeah, and how about Tomac settled for third because that was his overall. Wow, that sucks. And if he hadn't settled for third, Sexton was down for long enough that if he had just stayed behind Roxon, they both would have gone by Sexton. So if he hadn't settled, he would have got that overall regardless. Whether he got first, wait a second. Yeah. Oh, no, he wouldn't have because that would have been, Roxon would have went to, he had to pass Roxon. Well, did... Wow. Sexton on the podium was pissed. Oh, I'm sure. And he just goes, that, will, that was a bonehead move, and that's the last one I'll make this year, and then just walks off the podium. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that blows. That blows. Yeah, hey, but, good for Roxon, though. Yeah. I guess. Uh, and what's crazy is that seemed like almost, yeah, I would definitely put that on, that was a mental mistake but less of a mental mistake than some of the ones I saw in Supercross. Like Sexton just jumped and it's hard to tell from that camera angle because it's from the left side, but Sexton jumped and missed the rut and tried to go from outside of the rut in. And whenever you try to do that, you're at risk of just like the whole bike kind of scooting away from you. Yeah. It was just because he jumped, he he was not aligned right from the get-go, which probably happened back on that big uphill triple, probably land a little further left, probably wasn't aligned and then tried to scoot into the rut. Didn't yeah. Work. So didn't wait, work. Where was Anderson? I haven't watched them. Anderson was way back in that second moto for what? some reason. Dude, yeah. he was on rails. He kind of has been, I kind of love this. It's honestly like storybook. Perfect. This Anderson Tomac battle that's happening that happened all through Supercross and is now happening with outdoors. Um, Although I, I hope that, uh, I hope he's not hurt. Anderson? Yeah, because he smoked that yellow thing with yeah. his hand. Yeah, and almost killed Eli. It was and he insane. rode slower in the second moto, and I don't know if that was because of that or what. Oh, I'm well, on his Instagram now. Nothing posted. Two days ago, Film Guy Tom, happy birthday. Wow. Film Guy Tom just turned 25? I thought he was older than that. Hmm. Older than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, anywho, yeah, well, what I was saying is like those, I feel like those were the two biggest team changes that happened. It was like the biggest news was Eli leaving Cowie to go to Yamaha, which made Anderson going to Cowie the next biggest news because it was like, well, Eli just left Cowie. Like, why is Anderson going there? 
and it it and then Malcolm they're... Stewart to Rockstar Husky, and all three of them are having like their best years, like they're killing it. Oh, all it's amazing! Them. It's amazing. And all that, what that shows you is that it's not necessarily even the bike. It's more so like these guys they get re-energized by switching teams. Yeah, weird. Think about it. Uh, where the heck was where was Mookie before? Uh, Star. Huh? Yeah, wasn't he on Star Yamaha? Was he? Yeah, I think so. No. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I no. thought he was on Alessi's team. Oh, this is pathetic. Dude. Oh, was he? Oh, I still don't have Instagram because I don't want. To... What's his name again? Malcolm Stewart. That's... <laughs> oh, I started typing in Alessi. Hang on, let me scroll back here. This is Alessi killing team. me. What? What a bad memory I have. I swear he was on Star. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. No, you could be right. I just can't picture him on a Yamaha. Yep, he was on Star. Wow. Wait, wow. no. Was it even Star then, or was it just Factory It might factory have still Yamaha? been Factory Yamaha. Well, no. Hmm? No, it was Star. <laughs> wow, dude, wow, it's amazing how little I know. Yeah, well. Oh, okay. What's the blue bike called again? What's that blue one called? <laughs> so... Uh, did you like Jet and Hunter's gear? Uh, I thought it was sick. Yeah. Which, I, what, did, which color did you like more? Okay, I'm going to just go on a limb. I feel like Hunter always has a cooler gear. Do you like Jets better? I like, I like Jets better probably, but I love both. Dude, Hunter, you know, like, like Hunt, for instance, I think the coolest pair of gear I saw in Supercross this year was Hunter's purple. Hmm. Which a lot of people hated that, but I love that too. I thought it was, and maybe I only like jets more because I think it just looks insanely good with the red plate on a Honda. Yeah. I didn't, so it might be a little unfair. I have nothing that would go well with orange. Uh, speaking of which I might, well, this small tangent, I think I'm going to change the whole look of my bike to go black and white instead of green because then it matches different sets of gear. (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting different graphics for my, uh, Alta. Yeah. Don't forget about the bet you lost. Just saying. What? You need to put an iHeart cameraman cam on there somewhere, remember? Oh, yeah. It can be under the fender if you want. You got to let Aaron know because did, did I uh, tell you that we are still with AGMX because Aaron is staying with AGMX? You didn't tell me that, but that accumulated while I was in M- Missouri. So Okay. Yeah. So Aaron's still doing our graphics. Yeah. Sick. So Sick. I want graphics. we can relay that cameraman cam message, which is good because I'm glad that. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't want to have to search out another graphic person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, hey, so what else happened in the race? Uh, Hunter won a moto. Finally got a start, got the whole shot, and then just checked out. You know what's cool is Jet is just like, I don't know if we've ever seen... The, no, I don't think we... I don't think there has ever been somebody as young as him that is just like so in control of these championships. Oh, he's a beast. And it looks like there's no, like nothing's going to stop him. Like, look how sick he was the last two weeks. And he salvaged two wins, dude. Salvaged. <laughs> like, and also, like, be, then this weekend was thrown into two situations where he was tempted, for sure tempted to try to chase down the people in front of him. Moto one, Levi Kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he didn't want Kitchen, a rookie, to just go out there and beat him. Right. And then after two or three laps, or he said four laps of attempting to throw something at it, he wasn't catching him. And he said, oh, I'll just 
this wins his like seconds good enough. And then he did the same with Hunter. Yeah. And to win a championship, that's literally what you have to do. And that's the, a lot of people try to compare jet to James Stewart. Yeah. And that is the one reason you wouldn't ever see jet. James Stewart was what he was because he was just like win or die trying. Right. His whole life, his whole career. It's amazing that he got as many championships as he did because he was just gung ho the whole time. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he was dramatically faster than everybody else. Yeah. Right. You know, just like crazy stuff. Where Jet is less dramatically faster than everybody else. But I also don't think that that will happen again. Nah. No, I can't. You don't, you wouldn't think so. I mean, unless somebody's like a freaking alien, like it, the, everybody's too good. Right. I think, but who knows? Maybe you never know. <laughs> it would take something crazy. I feel like to have a James Stewart situation again, but Jet's pretty darn close. Jet's just like, it's so cool to watch somebody with so much hype live up to it. Hmm. Like I've said that so many times, but it's like, how often do you have, I mean, the dude's got donut shops now. I think he has like two locations or something like that. I think, or they're opening two locations or something because he ate a donut on a podium when he was an amateur and it just became his thing and it has all this hype and like, and then he's, he can just back it up every weekend. Yeah. And that's the most important piece because he has a really good team of people around him. Like Lucas is really, really creative and smart. And like, uh, he takes risks as, as far as like doing these fan experiences at the races or even shoot, even jet joining Moto Academy technically would have been seen as a risk at the time uh, mm. because like he has helped kind of explode my popularity more so, right? Like Moto Academy was just beginning, and especially like five years down the road when we look back at it, that will have been a really, really smart decision by Lucas to do that. So Lucas makes all the right decisions. Then you have Dazzy, their dad, which he is the He's smartest guy I've ever met in motocross. He makes all the right decisions. Yeah. Absolutely. But then ultimately it boils down to jet winning races. And he, like without that, like nobody gives a crap. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> but it's he, just he goes out and he just wins races. So obviously so like, holy cow. you have jet for the championship. Obviously. Yeah. But how best case scenario is this? It's, it's either going to be not, uh, I don't believe in knocking on wood. It's either going to be jet or Hunter. It's gotta be. I mean, Nobody else is consistent enough other than Justin Cooper. And he's already kind of so many points down. Yeah. But dude, that's the thing. Like, this is the part that amazes me is it's like, you know, in moto, you're only as good as your last race, blah, blah, blah. Justin Cooper's really, really close this weekend, this past weekend. He was like right there. He almost passed jet on the last, on like the last lap of the second moto, which wasn't on TV. Thanks, Mav TV. Um, Mm. Also, you, sorry to interrupt, you can't buffer when you're watching the, the stream. Dude, everything they're doing is wrong, and we can rant about that in a minute. But <laughs> And everybody's ranting about it. But what I was going to say is, Jet and Hunter are still sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Jet and Hunter healthy. I can't wait for next weekend, because they're, they're going to be untouchable. If Hunter gets yeah, and a also, start... You haven't seen Jet... Did Jet go 1-1 at the first round? He did, right? Uh, but round yes. two and round three, Jet didn't necessarily look like he was firing in all cylinders. Oh, no. It's forget being sick. He just didn't look that fast either. Right. Uh, and still able to do what he did. So, oh, crazy. shoot. Yeah. And crazy. that's no nothing taken away from Justin Cooper because he gets amazing starts. And oh, he's, he's very wicked. consistent. Yeah. 
which I put up a post in Moto Academy before the race. And I said, watch for two things this whole day. Watch for footwork. Just keep an eye on like what guys are doing with their feet and then watch upper body stability. Watch the guys that are riding with their elbows up and not allowing their head to move versus the guys that are kind of dancing around the bike. The more you watch the 250 class, the more I realize there are a lot of fast guys that do not stabilize their upper bodies at all. Yeah, at all. At all. Justin Cooper does a really good job of it. Justin Cooper's footwork, in my opinion, could use a little bit of help, right? No, it does. He's a little but his, but his upper body is so good that it that's why he's consistent because you don't see him make stupid mistakes in corners. Now, when you watch Moseman is a good example. Moseman has really good footwork. Watch Moseman's feet. They're, they're very good. He puts his foot out in the corners, but it's high, tight, toe pointed in. His toes are in when he stands. They're always in the right spot, which is great. So that helps him. But Moseman's upper body is a mess. The elbows are down and he... it's like he's trying to dodge a punch with his head. And a lot of that is like, it seems like he chooses to ride that way, almost like Hampshire, right? But it just doesn't work. That's why those guys crash so much. You know, I was just about to ask, I have two people that I want to talk about and kind of hear your opinion on. What the heck happened to Moseman this weekend? And what the heck happened to Max Voland? Oh, I have no idea what happened to Max Voland. Well, but no, Moseman no. just keeps hitting the deck. Well, Max Voland in the sense of like, he's so good. And like, I mean, he got, he's coming off an injury. So maybe there's stuff we don't know. But Moto 1, I don't even think he finished. But I don't know if he fell. But in Supercross, he struggled. In like Moto 2, he struggled. It was, it's just weird. I don't know what's going on. And Voland, at least from what I've seen, Oh man, sorry. I had a protein shake. Really, really feeling it. Wow. Really feeling it. Thanks for that. Uh, Volan seems to have pretty decent technique, although I haven't watched him ride that much. Yeah. Uh, no, it does look what good I will say is it is so important for these guys. It's almost too late, but it's not too late. The, these 250 guys need to have riding coaches. And if they do already, the riding coaches should be focusing more, if not already, on technique. Yeah. Drills. Put the what do you got a bat in there? What are you looking at? Dude, when you just said that, my heart stopped. I'm not even kidding. Don't <laughs> talk to me like that. I don't think they we haven't told that story. Have you been clear? We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Let me finish this thought here. Because I'm adamant it. about this. And I was watching the race. And even Levi Kitchen, like Levi Kitchen looked wicked fast, but there was a lot of movement going around on that bike. And some like he has very good bike skill, you could tell just from watching. But these guys, I think, have to, if they want to be consistent week to week, like Jet, they have to clean up the technique so that they're consistent. Yeah. Or else they'll never be consistent. And it just doesn't, it's so frustrating that these teams invest so much money in these riders. But then it's like, do they have a riding coach? That should be, riding coach and mental coach should be the two most important things. Forget about paying these physical trainers all this money. Go out and ride your dirt bike. You're going to be in shape. Yeah, right. Figure out your mental game and figure out how to ride the dirt bike properly. Yeah. You know what's interesting, though? Is those podium speeches are telling, dude. Like, you you see Hunter get up on that podium and he's just like Sunday stroll talking. Mm -hmm. And some dudes are like half dead. Oh, Levi Kitchen? I thought he was going to throw up on the podium. Same. 
Granted, he was sick, but didn't it look like he was going to throw up? Oh, in his yeah. Mouth? I thought for sure. I was like, this isn't going to I was well. watching so intently. I'm like, here it comes. He's going to barf. Here it comes. <laughs> but it's like, it, well, he's pr- he was probably just scared out of his mind, too, yeah. right? But yeah, by the way, he killed it. Like, for leading start to finish like that, in Every front lap. of one of the best 250 riders we've seen basically ever is extremely, extremely impressive. But I just, I'm hard on these guys because they are that good. It's like, right. You, you should be not perfect, but you should like really, really figure that stuff out. Right. Yeah. They I should mean, be watching Sexton and watching Jet, watching Hunter, watching Roxon and like trying to look as much like that as humanly possible. I got to say, I think Sexton has the Jack, best. clip this. Okay. I think Sexton has the best technique on yeah. the planet. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Just, it's does. just perfect. And I know he hit, mm-hmm. like, he keeps hitting the deck for some reason. But but not really. But not I mean, really. That, he's he's doing well this season. That and that mistake was was my, it wasn't as bonehead. I don't think as some of the ones I saw him make in Supercross. No, nah, you could almost justify it because like the corner he was going to. I bet you anything he was thinking checkered flag, and then there were so many ruts that he just forgot which one to go into. Is what it looked like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I only watched it through once, but um, oh, but isn't he beautiful to watch? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Because Roxon and Chet and Hunter are very close to that, but I would put Sexton as number one. Sexton looks like you. It almost looks like from the angle of his head that he's just thinking technique. He's not thinking about anything else. You know what I mean? It's like oh, it's just crazy, crazy. Yeah, he just he looks better on a dirt bike than anybody I've ever seen ride ever. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think that you could even argue that, to be honest. So what do you think about these announcers constantly talking about technique now? All of a sudden. I love it. All of a sudden. It's all about technique. It was always about fitness. That is interesting that you say that. You know what I mean? And now it's all about technique. Like, Man, I tell you what, I don't know if I have any minor little thing to do with this, but (laughs) either I do have a little bit to do with it or I just timed my business perfectly because... Right. Yeah. Like now that I'm putting all my eggs into the Moto Academy basket, everything is turning into technique. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So either I got really lucky or I'm something's like something's happening here. Bizarre. Like this is going into an era of technique. It really is because team Honda, those four guys, and I use them as reference every single class, um, are forcing the announcers if they know what they're looking at whatsoever, which those guys do clearly because they're talking about it. Oh, it makes you smile the whole time. Like RC just kept talking about feet on the pegs. And then he uses a comparison, talked about Dungey versus the modern era, mm, which is yep. a really cool contrast as well, because Dungey isn't that old school. Like he retired in 2016. So technically that was like two generations yeah. disconnected or one generation back, writing generations I'm talking about, like yep. people coming into the pros. And it's so different. Dungey's sitting down the, and it works. Like, I never say that foot out is wrong necessarily. It's no. just a more difficult, yeah, it, less consistent way yeah. to ride. Yeah, honestly, it's just, it, it's so funny. Like, when you start riding with feet on, you're just like, why would I take my foot off? There's no- you know what RC hasn't caught on to yet? You can tell he hasn't practiced it himself <laughs> because he always is amazed when he see it, sees it to the yeah. point where he goes, man, they must have such good balance because it is so difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. And every time he says that, I'm thinking to myself, like, well, no, it's actually easier. Right. Like, it's 100% easier. Isn't that crazy, though? Yeah. 
I mean, people how, just have this mental block. I like, don't get how it developed like that though. And I mean, it is just dumbing it down. Like, I don't know. Does, is it because the bikes are so much better or does that have mm-hmm. nothing to do with it? I would tend to agree with that, but then you could watch me hop on a freaking 1986 bike and I'm going to ride it the same way I ride my modern bikes and it works. Right. But I'm saying like, do you think we're so technique based rather than fitness because we don't, we aren't like fighting the bikes anymore. Like the bikes are just balanced and dialed. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, were you yeah, ever, but even, were you fighting bikes growing up? Like, is that the, the mindset or no? No, I wasn't, but I was all, I was always very technique oriented. So it's hard to say, like, I think if you're technique oriented, I don't care if you're riding some POS with wooden boards as suspension, you can kind of make it work. Right. I think that back in the day, a lot of people just maybe didn't know what they were doing. And I'm talking way back in the day, you know, like seventies into eighties, eighties into the early nineties, like people were just figuring it out. And I'm sure that we're probably now just figuring it out. And people in 2030 will look at us like we don't know what we're doing. That's just life. But I think things have just progressed. Yeah. But it's simple, dude. It's so simple. I mean, you, you're at every class you hear, I sound like a broken record. I talk about the same stuff over and over and over. Yeah. But, but it's because it works and it's so simple. And honestly, for me, it's kind of fun knowing it all (laughs) just cause like, I love being able to like go to the track and just like watch people and know exactly what's up. Like, and in Vermont, I don't know if it's just Vermont, but in Vermont, people like to go a lot faster than they should. Oh, <laughs> like, oh that's everywhere. Like Trust than me, they're ready for, everywhere. you know what I mean? It's just like all gas and no, like no technique at all. Um, it's just fun to watch be like, oh, if they literally just did this one little thing, they'd be dialed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people in motocross, especially are hard headed and ego driven and don't want to take the time to learn and change the way that they do things, which is frustrating, but we're breaking through to a lot of people. Like you see a lot of people, even at these classes that are very fast or old guys that have been doing it for 30, 40 years that are coming to class, like dedicated, trying to change. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be hard and you have to slow down to figure it out. But at least, at least they're seeing and recognizing that like, Hey, maybe I should try to fix some stuff. And what you just said, is the key to it all. Like, are you going to be able to fix it right away or within a week or a month? Probably not. But if you attend a couple of these classes or inside of the Moto Academy, especially, right. you will get, you'll be, you'll become educated enough to know and recognize watching others exactly what's going on. So for everybody in Moto Academy listening to this podcast, hopefully you're starting to watch the races on TV a different way. Absolutely. You, you can listen to the announcers and totally understand what they're saying or maybe sometimes Carmichael or whoever would talk about something you would go over your head because you wouldn't understand it now you might even have enough education to be like well no hang on a second this is why this happened okay so seriously Moto Academy members if you have not done this go watch 250 Moto 2 from Thunder Valley is that where we Mm -hmm. just were this weekend Yep. 250 Moto 2 the last five minutes the camera is only on Hunter just look at his feet. Look at nothing but his feet. It is insane. Look at where he's standing. Look at like some of the ruts that he was standing through was, it was beautiful. (laughs) It was so cool. Like, and it's, it's, you can replicate it. 
Yeah, exactly. Is what people try to fight me on. And they're like, oh, well, that's Hunter Lawrence. I can't do that. No, like that is the easiest thing that you can do. Yeah. Railing the rut, leaning over with your foot up to your handlebar and dragging your elbow is. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. Yep. Standing up through a rut in just the attack position without the clutch, without the rear brake, like getting away from the controls is the most stripped down basic thing that you could possibly do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I freaking love it. I just like that all of this has started. Everybody's starting to kind of catch on right as the brand's growing. So this is good timing people. This is good timing so, so selfishly. Subscri subscribe to the Moto Academy. Subscribe. <laughs> you can train with Jet and Albert. <laughs> and cameraman Cam. And me. And me. I'll teach you how to go fast. Jack clipped uh, that. That was really good. Okay. So <laughs> um, I have an interesting situation before we jump into questions, if that's all okay. right. So I... Oh, family I knew that was going to happen. First time it's happened. What just happened? Oh, you hit your head on the bar? Told you. Remember when I said that right before episode one? Oh, shoot. Are we going to talk about the bat? <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about the bat? Yeah, yeah. I, I, had, a dirt, I had a dirt bike question. We haven't talked about bats yet? No, not on the podcast. Unbelievable. Okay. Guys, once upon a time, cameraman Cam moved out of his parents' house. This was about two months ago. <laughs> I, it was very quick. I had, to very, I had to find something very quickly. I found a wonderful apartment in a very, um, how do I word this? Interesting neighborhood. Yeah, but I think you, location other than maybe your immediate neighborhood is, oh, it's is good. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. I'm near everything. But it's like yeah. the outskirts of right. the, yeah. Anywho, um, is what it is. Great apartment. Love it. Old house. Very old house. I have the bottom floor. There's a tenant above me. I think that's enough backstory. I move in here and about a month moving into in here. I get here one night and <laughs> guys, there was a bat in my apartment. <laughs> so, like basically Grady, my girlfriend Grady was here and she walked into one of the rooms and got hit in the face with something. And, and she the goes, lights were off, so she didn't know what it was? Yeah, it was what? dark. And she goes, you have the world's biggest moth like <gasps> in your living room. And I was like, oh no. And then I turn a light on, and she's like, oh my gosh, it's a bat. I was like, huh? <laughs> what do you mean it's a bat? And here's the deal, right? There's just some things that the world does not prepare you for. <laughs> One of which is when there's a flying pest <laughs> in your house. So... I don't own a broom, so I couldn't use a broom. I picked up a hammer, not knowing what I was going to do with it. Interesting. Realized it wasn't going to work, so I picked up a frying pan because I had some more surface area. That's, yeah, good idea. I'll insert the video of this bat, <laughs> of me fighting this bat with a pan. Um, Wait, did, did you get the bat? Did you get the murder no, on tape? No, I didn't get the murder on tape. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Also, it, I think it's illegal to kill a bat, so it didn't die. I just, might have expedited the process. So anyway, you just, I had knocked, a, you just knocked it out. How did, dude, I murked this thing with a skillet. Literally, like, I, it felt like I was swinging for an eternity. And I hit it so hard that it flew across my kitchen, hit the wall, and fell behind the oven. Um, then my buddy Kip came and, like, brought his lacrosse net. And we, like, it was still squeaking, so it was still alive. And then we, like, uh. yossed it out of, the, out of the front door. It was, pet, it was horrifying. It was horrifying. It was, like, the most traumatic thing. <laughs> 
that I could have asked for. It was, oh, it was, it was bad. I just, I, 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 the more I tell this story, the more people are like, oh, I have bad stories. And it's like, I don't want to hear your bad stories. I don't have a bad story until a couple okay. weeks later. Okay. So a couple weeks later, Albert's here sleeping on this couch. So this is my kitchen couch. I'm actually in my kitchen. I have a lot of character in this apartment because the couch didn't fit in the living room. So it's in the kitchen. AJ's sleeping here. I've warned him about the bats. <laughs> we only had one offender though. So it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Anyway, we're here for the bogey bros class at 2 AM. I wake up and there's a bat flying around my, <laughs> like around my head and I wake up to the flapping. <laughs> so I come out, I come out of the kitchen in my underwear with, <laughs> with a skillet in hand. I'm like, AJ, we have a problem. And you're like, you're like, is it a bat? And then it flies over your head in this pro supercross rider. 28 years old, hides under the covers. I was like, all right, <laughs> thanks, bro. Oh, yeah, I wasn't handling that. <laughs> and I was going to spectate, so I, like, had the blanket, like, over one eye and just kind of, like, watching. And then it was really dive bombing, so I'm like, screw oh, it. it. And I just went fully into the covers and then just waited it out. It's like they want to fight you. And AJ goes, well, maybe it'll just fly out the door. I was like, it's not going to Anyway, it just flew out the door. Thank the Lord. So then I didn't sleep at all that night because I was paranoid. Um... And then, yeah, so I then, went back to sleep so quick as if nothing even happened. It was oh, unbelievable. I was petrified. I was absolutely petrified. Dude, they're scary. I have like this image of it coming, dive bombing me once. Oh, it was horrible. Anywho, you guys have seen. Really? The I would rather get attacked by a bat in my house than uh, like see a spider in my house. You're just saying that because you've never had a bat attack you. Well, in your maybe. House. But I don't know. Bats don't scare me. It's it's kind of it's hilarious and it's freaky for sure. But like I don't know. Well, it's better than a, a, like a rat. What about like a snake? Oh f no way. Would I handle? Bat? A snake? Would you choose a bat over a snake? Yeah, probably. If I saw a snake okay. in my house, Good. I'd move. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Don't. That would put be worst case scenario. I can't my... think of anything freakier than a snake. Oh. I'd rather if I woke up and there was an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> under my bed I w- would be way more concerned if there was a little garden snake slithering around oh absolutely I hate like snakes like that that I would oh snakes nope nope don't I'm do out. snakes anywho um, my landlord came bless his heart spray foamed a bunch of stuff because like it didn't make any sense because I'm on the bottom floor again there's a guy above me so it's not like they were getting in the attic or something I have a basement um, super old house this house is like 100 years old probably does the guy above you maybe have pet bats no i talked to him about it. he doesn't is he a vampire have you met him before well now you're making me think no i'm just kidding um <laughs> anyway he spray foamed like a bunch of openings in the floor or whatever i was like all right well let's let's try it let's try it uh yeah like a week later had another one i came home to one and um whoa, whoa wait you had a third one i had a third one after you were <gasps> here yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I came home. It was so funny because I was at I was at Grady's house and I was like, dude, if I go home right now and I see a bat, I'm going to I'm going to I'm just done. I'm moving. And yeah, sure enough, came home. There was a bat. I called Grady. She's like, no way. You know what <laughs> like, it is? What? You keep visualizing yourself coming home to bats. You're going to keep coming home to no. bats. Cam. Well, so here's the deal. I then took matters into my own hands. I have put window screening on every vent imaginable on the outside of this house. And I have spray. It's actually hilarious. The amount of spray foam. I spray foamed everything that resembles a crack. Literally. I found myself spray foam foaming one of the cabinet shelves that literally if the you other got s- one. Now 
That's the, the thing. If I get one now, I'm hosed. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so like literally I, that's the thing though. It's like, I feel very confident that there's no way there's going to be another one. But if there is another one, then I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do because I'm out of ideas. The only solution, uh, the only answer at that point would be maybe your landlord is coming in and releasing a bat <laughs> or Just your neighbor, maybe your neighbor, maybe your neighbor doesn't like you. Maybe your neighbor's coming downstairs in the middle of the night or when you're gone. Ugh. He has a key and he's just opening your front door and just releasing a bat. Can you imagine? It's good. Well, if it happens now, what else is that's yeah, gotta be the only I have no other ideas. Anywho, that's the bat story. Would you like to start answering some questions? Yeah, throw them at us. All right. Let's uh <laughs> thank you all for sending in your questions. Thank you for sending them in video form. Um new rule. If they're not in video form, they're not gonna make the podcast. Um Yeah. Okay. We have some videos, people. Yeah, we have some from last week that we need to get through, and then uh, we okay. have some new ones as well. So, all right, we'll jam through them. Hit, hit me uh, with which one am I gonna start with? Mm-hmm. Let's start with this one. Question for AJ. Uh, Can I see it? Oh, having okay. pursued a, a career as a, as a professional athlete, do you feel like you've missed out on uh, anything that? a lot of us might consider to be a quote-unquote normal life. Uh, asking uh, because I, I have uh, friends and family members who have pursued uh, careers as professional musicians, professional athletes, and their lives seem to be quite a bit different than a, a lot of us. So curious as to your thoughts on that. And, you know, love to hear what your life has been like in it, being a professional athlete. I'd love to hear those kind of stories. Thank you. Let's talk about uh, Albert. Well, great question. First of all, did he ask another question as well last podcast? Yes, he did. Okay. I don't remember what it was. but It was about that, me, I think. Was it? Yeah. Good question. Now, obviously, my answer is going to be pretty subjective here. So I think that I became a professional athlete, athlete in like the most balanced way that you could do it. I went to public high school until I finished freshman year. Then I was homeschooled after that. So I, I missed out on my last three years of public high school, but I was still very well, like very involved with my friends. I was hanging out with everybody from school. I don't know if I went to prom. I don't think I did. Uh, but I was still like hanging out with people. Before that, I was still participating in, I played baseball until high school. I played basketball up through high school. Uh, I didn't hang out with my friends on the weekends. So like, or I would go to school, uh, normal Monday through Friday, obviously I would ride three days a week and then I would race Saturday, Sunday. So I was never home on the weekends. I guess you could consider that a sacrifice, but like what were my friends doing? Just tooling around. Just, I would choose that any day of the week. And then post high school, I missed out on college experience, I guess. But then again, like I was traveling the world racing professional supercross and I was very much being social about it. Like I was going out with friends at night. I actually went to, I remember I went to a, a college party one time in what's the, what's the college by your house? UVM. UVM. Went to a 
party there one time. Like I kind of experienced like what a college kid would experience. Um, so for me, I, I don't know. I think for me it was fine. I didn't give up too much. There are definitely some people that 100, like a jet, for example, mm -hmm. jet is missing out on what it's like to be a kid. But then again, like that's the sacrifice you make to be the, the best. And that, that is basically the only way about going as far as being the best. I kind of, I guess, consciously made the decision that I wasn't going to be the best. I just wanted to enjoy myself along the way. Yeah. I don't know. Thoughts? So, so yeah, you feel like you balanced it well. I think I did. Yeah. I think I still do. I definitely do now. I mean, now I balance it instead of socialization. Like when you're a kid, now it's balanced between business and being a professional athlete. Yeah. Well, Although definitely hev heavy, heavy on the business side and very light on the professional athlete side. <laughs> like I just did a three mile run two days ago and I've, I feel like my calves are now disconnected from <laughs> the bone. Like it is not good. Also, I went to the gym, I did three mile run and then I ended it stopping in my gym in our neighborhood here. And I did a couple like lap pull down things. I did maybe 30 pull-ups in like four different sets. And I did like 50 push-ups in like three different sets. And my chest and my back are destroyed. Just shot. <laughs> I've never been so out of shape in my entire life. Wow. It's funny because yeah. just, just, just four short months ago, you said you've never been in such good shape. And look how quickly that changed. Oh, well, what? Yeah, you were, you were in good shape going into Supercross. You were doing no, the- No, no, no. Yeah, I thought so. No, I mean, good shape for the last four or five years. Yeah. yeah that's but fine. no, I, I always think back to like for 2014, 2015, 2016, which I could easily get back to that, but it just takes a lot of time. But yeah, to answer the question, no, I think, I will say though, like my life had, has had to revolve around me still very much does. And I think most people's lives maybe don't as much. Uh, but again, being a professional athlete, like that was the only way to do it. Can I plant an idea in your head? Yeah. Cause you're answering this in a very like, um, uh, what's the word defensive way and you don't need to. I remember oh. like people have asked no, me that about not going to college because I didn't go to college. And it's like, I have lived infinitely more life by not being in college. So like talk like, dude, you, you traveled the world when you were like 16. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, I, for sure. I don't want to sound braggadocious either. Like braggadocious. Is that a word? <laughs> I cannot imagine that's a word. <laughs> Let me look that up. <laughs> <laughs> so I also you're, missed you're out on a Google, bit of education, but I don't know. It. I feel like also I'm, I'm fairly smart considering I didn't go to school for that long. Let's see, brag. Oh, docious. That's going to be a tough one to spell. If you can't spell, it's probably not a word. Boastful or arrogant. No. Braggadocious right. is not a word. Braggadocious. Real. Great word, huh? Not a word. Yeah. Nope. Fake news. B-R-A-G-G-A-D-O-C-I-O-U-S. Braggadocious. That's a lot of syllables. Unbelievable. Good job, that that's Albert. A real word. One year of high school. Well, I didn't go to, to college. So. <laughs> to pull braggadocious out. out braggadocious? I get that word out my sleeve. That sounds like 
That, that sounds so made up. I've never used it ever, but I'm glad I just was able to pull it you out. You really just pulled that out of thin air, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, of course. Like, my life has been re- uh, freaking amazing. Yeah, I didn't want to have to necessarily throw that out there, but I just was referring to, like, nor- comparing more to, like, a normal person right. that lives a normal life, a.k.a., yeah. like, finishing public high school, maybe going to college or the alternative, maybe pursuing a trade. Um, my right. life's been freaking amazing. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I do whatever I want, whenever I want to. Uh, I've got to travel. I love riding my dirt bike or else I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm lucky. I think I, I chose the right option. If I, I was the personality that if I thought I was missing out on things, I would have gone and tried to do those things. Right. I have a very, like I have a FOMO personality. Like if I thought I was missing out on something, I would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a second. Get me over there. <laughs> That's but why I, was, drove I was, UVM. <laughs> I was happy and content. I went to UVM in the litter box, yep. drove up from Connecticut, showed up in the, in the old litter box 1.0 and hung out for a couple of days. Can't remember what happened, but. Dude, yep. you should definitely put, like a tribute to the litter box on your next van. Just be like litter box 2.0 or something <laughs> like, yeah, the OG AJ cat fans will know what the litter box is. I love that thing. Missed it. Uh, you didn't um, buy it back. Cause that was a conversation, wasn't it? No, it's still one my cousin. I'll call him my cousin basically in Connecticut. He lives. How is someone one, basically your cousin? <laughs> just like it's family friend, I guess. Better term family right, friend. Fair enough. <laughs> my God. Like <laughs> <laughs> we're Italian. So like our family friends are basically our cousins. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> good question though. I like it. All right. Throw another one at me. All right. Us. Um, mm-hmm. Braggadocious, man. I love that. All right. Good job, Albert. Proud. Hey, Cam and AJ. <laughs> another, another great day. I have a question for you guys. I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the kid's in the app now. Uh, he's feeling real good. Stock's way up. Things are getting a little bit different for him. Uh, I've decided, you know, should I get the Breitling watch or should I just get a Roly? I mean, it's not going to make a difference for me. You guys know that because my stock's way up. I'm in the app now. I mean, just the amount of love and attention that's rolling in is just crazy for me right now. Uh, no, no gracias. Thank you. <laughs> Ballet. Um, you know, I just picked up the new uh, new AMG. You know, it's uh, ridiculously cream on the outside. I mean, if you guys think that you've seen more cream than this, you're out of your mind. And of course, dude, the inside looks like Freddy Cougar had a fun day inside, man. You know that. But uh, yeah, let me know, man. I mean, I'm in the app now, feeling good. Why not throw you guys a bone? Uh, Brightling or uh, a Rolex? What do you think? Oh. Dave Drake's collective experience. He's inside of the app now, people, by the way. Yeah. Masterclass with Dave is coming. You know, Dave, if it's not going to make a dent, then I'd go Rolex just to preserve the, uh, preserve the investment. I think maybe the Rolex, it's going to hold value, Dave. Uh, and we know you're cheap. You're going to sell that thing one of these days. <laughs> Go with the Rolex. Hey, wow, f- Dave is, he is. I love him. He should be an actor. Yeah. He has wicked good accents. He doesn't laugh when he's like in a skit or doing a bit. Yeah. Can, wow. can, can, <laughs> can I say this? Dave 
I can't. I love Dave. I love you, Dave. When the dude starts dancing, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> dude, it's amazing. He's, he's like, in, he has, like, he's in, he has such perfect. good flow. It's and he never, like, he, he keeps it real tight. Like, he could, he's not a flamboyant dancer. Like, he'll just get into, like, a little groove for a couple seconds and just give you a taste. Yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. It's like five-second bursts. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and like, you can tell he's good when he does it. I know. It's hilarious. All right. Um, yeah. Anywho, let's... Uh, right. Love you, Dave. Shout out Dave Drakes if he's watching this. Oh, I'm bouncing all over the place. Uh, a right. couple of people from the last podcast sent a couple questions. So we'll power through the last two there and then go into some of the new ones. Okay. President, as well as the website and social media manager for Battleborn Motocross in Northern Nevada, based out of Reno. And I'm trying to figure out a way that we can create some sort of scholarship or, you know, prize at the end of the year where we could try and send some kids to nationals. Um, I have not worked on the logistics of it whatsoever. Um, it's just kind of a thought at this point. And I was hoping maybe you guys have some ideas on how we could try and accomplish that. Or maybe you know of another organization that does something similar. Maybe I could reach out and talk with them. Um, and, you know, as far as like marketing it and, you know, creating it and stuff like that, you know, I think it would be super cool to try and send some local kids out to at least, very least qualifiers, um, if not like national okay i like that yep what i will say is everything that i've done from a giving back standpoint early on in the business which we're still early on in the business has been done in a creative way so that i didn't have to spend much money out of the out of our budget if any money at all so which so I would do a scholarship program. I've done it in the past where I would simply invite people to come to classes free of charge, right? It's no skin off my back having somebody come to a class free of charge. So it was just easy to do creative things like that for me because I already had the business in place. There was things I could do to strategize to do it. So what, because the biggest challenge from, if I heard him correctly, that's going to cost money. Mm-hmm. That's so that's the biggest challenge. Organizing it is one thing. That's probably fairly easy if you have a good business sense, but the challenge is going to be getting the funds or I think Colton, just you have to be creative and think of a way that it can be done to piggyback off of something that already exists uh, or that you already have going that can fund it. I don't know, Cam. I have no good advice because I have no idea how to do something like that. That would be that would be my <laughs> advice. I don't know if I consider it good advice, but that's how I've done it. I remember when he sent that question, I was like, "Well, I hope AJ has something to say about <laughs> it." I was like, "I don't know." No, that's. I mean, that's how I've done it. Like, and even this summer, for example, Tyler Stepic and Henry Miller will be pitting out of their. Tyler's already been pitting out of it. Henry Miller will pit out of the Moto Academy van at multiple rounds, I'm positioning it so that it is working off a budget separate from that. So I'm making sure that the, that van is going to classes the Friday of the races to be able to sell merch and justify the van being in a location. I'm not just throwing money willy nilly to just help these guys for free because as much as I'd like for it to be, Moto Academy is not a charity and it never will be. Like I have to be profitable in everything that we do. So I just have to like, and, but I also, I want to give 
back to people. Like if people are committed to doing multiple classes, I want to, I think I told you this, mm -hmm. when people do a certain amount of classes, whether it be two or three, and I see that they're dedicated, I will always let them do a class for free. It's just how I, how I work it. But I always make sure selfishly for the business that it's not coming directly out of the pocket of the business to do so at least in these early stages until it gets to a point where we can afford to do that. Yeah. One of the things I'm, I can't wait to do on this topic is a moto Academy ride day. You've done one mm. and I couldn't be there and I, I would love to do more of those. And I, I think you would too. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, wouldn't that absolutely. be awesome, dude? And I love being able to do fun stuff like that, but it, it just costs money. So you right. have to be creative. Yeah. You have to be creative. Yeah, the thing that I'm about looking how you do it. The only thing that I can kind of relate to in that in this sense is like uh Josh Kip and I are considering and I haven't really told anybody this, so nobody steal this idea. All right. You're all in the app. Don't do it. Um <laughs> uh we're talking about turning Little Bikes Big World, which is our little YouTube series, into like a nonprofit where we sponsor kids for gear and and like, you know, especially in Vermont, like a lot of people will go and spend all their money on the dirt bike and then mostly not work on it, but then they'll go buy the $50 helmet off the shelf mm -hmm. and ride in work boots and a t-shirt and shorts and all this stuff. And it's just dangerous. You know what I mean? So we would love to, we've been toying with the idea of doing this and trying to figure out how to make it tangible, um, but be able to actually like sponsor kids to learn how to ride safely, like send them to your classes and like, you know, we have some really cool ideas, um, which would also well, help the health so of the sport. Maybe too. that's good. That could be good advice. Well, I don't know what it takes or what setting up a nonprofit consists of, but I'd imagine that that would make it a lot easier to be able to accept donations from individuals or businesses. Right. Right. Like that's I would want to point, I would want right? to take donations and then maybe like little bikes, big world is such a good, and we already coined it. So don't try to steal it. It's a good idea. I don't want anybody to take it. Uh, no, that is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it sounds like whatever he's doing, if he just operates that as a, a nonprofit, nonprofit, then maybe that would be easier. Moto Academy being what it is, not a nonprofit. I can't just be accepting donations to be right. Yeah, yeah of course not. It's different. That, but that, you're that's, for that could be a good idea. That yeah. could be good advice. Okay, right. man, like just it. killing it. Just yep, killing the advice here, advice game here. All right, what do we got here? What do we got here? Hey, Albert and Cam. <laughs> um, Cam Jamal here. Just wondering what you guys uh, thought about gas prices these days. In the, uh... <laughs> I'm just going to stop it there. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I love Akeem. <laughs> Am I allowed to say who that is? Akeem? Yeah. Well, I already did. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's Akeem. So, He's in the app. It's just hilarious. Yeah, Akeem is also in the app. Uh, he is... For lack of a better term, I guess he's COO, mm -hmm. essentially, of Moto Academy. He runs everything underneath me. I, uh, and as you can tell, he's from Ohio. <laughs> I just we text, <laughs> we text Dave and AJ, because his name's also AJ. That's why we call him a game. And we're like, hey, can you guys like send in questions? And those are the questions we get. We, <laughs> we get Dave, Dave sent his, and I'm like, wow, no, that's amazing. The funniest thing I've ever seen. And then AJ sends that. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God. He's got what, three guns? What do you guys he think about just gas stuffed prices? in his t shirt pocket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey, actually, real quick, what are what are gas prices down there? Oh, I just filled up today. It costs one hundred and twenty one dollars. How much? Uh, it was five five ten. Yeah, it's five ten here too. It was the highest I, I had seen it. I've never seen it. I mean, it is record breaking in Vermont five ten. I mean, that's California prices. I wonder what it is over there, dude. It's got to be like Gosh. eight dollars. Um, oh, I I feel bad for people. Yeah, it sucks. It. It's sad. I like only fill up at Costco now because what do you get for gas mileage in your little thing? Oh, pretty good. Like 30 to 32. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. But it's, it's a $75 fill up. Yeah. Still gets expensive. And it's a Camry. Like I fill up my diesel truck and it, my car, the pump stop at $175. And I guess I'm just like, ah, well, it's close enough to fall. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that sucks. I just feel bad for I don't understand how a normal working class person that could just to a, at a certain point, you just simply can't afford to live. It's kind of weird what's happening. Cause it's like, I mean, this sounds stupid and obvious, but it's like when all, when you see all these things just get more expensive, it's like none of us are getting raises. Like, no, this is, uh, this is what's going to cause another inevitable, uh, recession. Something. Yeah, I mean, food because is people want to afford to be able to live and do the extra things, and then we go into recession, and then it comes back out, and it's just yeah, and just like which is annoying everything. because it it's timed poorly for where we're at, like Absolutely. in our careers. Yeah. Well, the good thing about uh, marketing is uh, when people have when businesses have money, they want us, and when pis- businesses don't have money, they need us. So marketing's good. Um. Hmm. Good luck on the dirt bike thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, I will say at least the app's in place because the app is... Yeah, it's cool. But then again, the app is a, is going to be the first thing that people technically would unsubscribe to if they're hurting for cash. Right, but it is, but it is one could argue, the most affordable option as far as right. learning how to ride a dirt bike and being safe right. on it too. So um, next question. We have a yeah. lot, so I'm kind of going yeah, rapid fire. fire. Away. All right, this is the last one from last week. This is our boy. Hi, AJ. It's my first year competing in a real race. How do you get ready and hyped up for race day? (laughs) How do you get fired up? My wife loves Blake. Blake. Really? Loves Blake. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) She's like, it's like it's it's an adult in a kid's body. (laughs) Uh, how do you get Blake? Love it, man. Have you trained with him before? How do you get hyped up? Uh, my advice would be don't get hyped up. Interesting. I I don't know. Treat it as if it were another day. Enjoy it. Enjoy the moment and have fun. That's what is most important. Like have fun with what you're doing. Make sure that you're not taking it too serious, but don't get, I wouldn't get hyped up for it. Hmm. That just makes you nervous. You know what I do? Or it makes you think too much. What do you do? Grande Fire. nitro cold brew. Before you race? Light, light sweet cream. Before I ride. It's the only time I really have caffeine is if I'm going to ride. Weird. Huh. Yeah. I just Wouldn't get suggest tired. that either, Blake. Terrible <laughs> advice. Cameraman cam. Yeah. That's because he doesn't like nitro. Um, yeah. Don't drink yeah, nitro. Just, you uh, might Blake, explode. just treat it like another day. Especially because you're in the early stages of like figuring technique out. So make sure that you're still focusing on technique. Everything stays the same. Uh, and then just have fun. So I've never told you this, AJ. Okay. When I was racing, I raced two classes, right? 85C and Super Mini. 
and mm-hmm. super mini everybody was way better than 85c okay. so my expectation was and i only did one like championship year like i only raced one full year for a championship or whatever and um, you always rode better in the super mini class i was going for the results in 85c and super mini class i was always like i'm just gonna go out and ride my dirt bike and just get seat time and have fun but 85c is where i'm gonna go hard yeah i finished better in super mini every single time yep got my first hole shot in super mini um got my first top three in super mini and never did anything in 85c yeah so just go ride your dirt bike dude. just how it works just because you all start at the same time doesn't make it some of the just best races ride. in my supercross career that i ever had i i specifically remember on the line like as the 30 second board was up just thinking to myself oh well you know if this race goes terribly at least i like i have a great life back home i'm going back to <laughs> <laughs> and then the gate drops and that would be like a good race that i would i don't know like i would always try to try to take the pressure off in weird ways like that and pretend that it didn't matter it doesn't. Yeah, which it doesn't. Yeah. Not even you're you're talking about supercross and saying eh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, it doesn't matter at all. Yep. Yep. All go right. Ride, go ride Man, the dirt bike. Just freaking advice masters over here. All yep. right. Next one. Here we go. Next. Guys, I've got a question. Um, if you have two jumps right behind each other on a straight and the first one is in fourth gear and the second one you have to jump in third gear and you have to be careful to not to overshoot it, how do you break to the face of the second jump without endoing like crazy? Like if you can't soak it up uh, and you have to break, how can you do it safely without crashing? That would be great. Thanks. Does that make sense? So foreign. Where would yeah, you guess that wh- is from? I was going to ask you. I have no idea where that accent's from. So it would be great. Uh, it's, it kind of sounds like, like German. German. Yeah. But I can't, I really can't tell. <laughs> okay. Great. Good question. From. So without seeing the section specifically, I would say that if you have two jumps back to back, I can't think of any situation that I would get a downshift before that second jump. You would get the downshift for the corner on the last jump in the section. So if you had two jumps and then you had a corner, you would always get the downshift on the second jump. You wouldn't downshift from fourth to third and then hit the second jump in third. That doesn't make sense. You would leave it in the tall gear. In the rare situation that you would have to break in the jump face, let's say you have a tabletop then you have a tabletop into a tight, tight turn where you have to brake to get slowed down for the corner. You hit the brakes early and then you get off of the brakes before you're halfway up the jump face. And then you just free the brakes up and fly off. Like in pro motocross, there's a lot of jumps. I'm trying to think of one, if there was any this weekend. I don't think there was where there's a lot of situations where you'd come in so fast and there's a turn after the jump that you, you come in super aggressive and then you break very aggressive going up the jump face and then ease off of the brakes, free the bike up so that you don't get endoed in the air. And then you would get the downshift to third in the air off the second jump. Interesting. So you're saying hit the first jump and fourth break. No, not break. I would say don't break unless 
If sounds like you need a break. <sighs> well, I know we don't know what it looks like. I know. <laughs> I, I, my thought here is if he's not high, le- if he's having to ask this question, he's probably not high level enough to be breaking off a jump face. Breaking off a jump face is a pretty advanced thing. Yeah, I don't do that. So right. So <laughs> no way. <laughs> I break before the jump face. <laughs> but maybe he is advanced enough. It's tough to say. Uh, well, you ever I, dragging? Well, you are. You drag breaks off jump faces, yeah. Often, but I'm also coming at them so ridiculously fast sometimes to where like. So and it doesn't cause you to endo. Correct? No. But I'm not dragging the brakes the whole way. I drag them till I'm halfway up and then I let off the brakes so the bike can be freed up and shoot straight. Well, then that's the ticket. I think that's the piece of advice, right? Yeah. And then save the downshift for in the air off the second one. Don't screw yourself off. The, the goal is to always approach a jump with as much speed as humanly possible and then soak it up or break off the jump face accordingly. Yep. You wouldn't be trying to get downshifts and then like gauge the speed uh beforehand and if that was the case and you were gauging speed you you wouldn't gauge the speed by braking you would just go slow enough to be able to hit the jump right yeah leave it in fourth get oh that all oh, that oh that protein shake oh my god Oof. all right there we go we answered it moving on next was that from the first one or is that a new one that's a new one the, all the yeah. rest are from today. i liked it there's actually, We're going to guess Germany. Let us know where you're from. Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting messages, by the way, um, okay. of video. So maybe I can hop in there and we can just... Oh, thank you guys for sending messages, Yeah, by the way. Listen to them together. All right, here we go. Hey, Cam. Hey, AJ. Um, so I just have a question about stringing together um, consecutive training days because I'll do like a... <clears throat> excuse me. I'll do like a really good, uh, a really good day at the track pounding out laps, you know, just doing drills and everything. And then the next day I want to go ride more and my body is telling me no. And like I do yoga, I do stretches beforehand and after, um, work really hard on my diet, stay hydrated and everything. But just some days it's like my mind wants to ride and, but my body just can't. So what is the, what's an optimal training regimen? You know, like, should I be trying to do the track every day, every other day? days where i can't do the track should i just be doing like circle track or figure eights you know just anything like that just to be able to keep improving thanks guys thanks for all your hard work and uh keep it up later a great question we have some really good smart people within the moto academy here cam i like it we really okay. do uh, just like always i know the answer to this question <laughs> okay i'm ready you would never put two hard days back to back in a row even jet lawrence doesn't go f- Monday pounding out motos to Tuesday pounding out motos. If he's spending two consecutive days on the bike, Monday would be the hard moto day. And then Tuesday would be the corner track technique day where it's supposed to be, you know, low heart rate, skill oriented and technique based and not two crazy hard days back to back. Also, you have to make sure that you are prioritizing whatever you want to prioritize. So if the dirt bike, the time on the dirt bike is your number one priority, then yoga is great, but don't be doing yoga before. Don't be going to the gym before. Like make sure that you're as fresh as you can possibly be for the dirt bike time. And then if you feel up to it after, that's when you can do your cross training stuff after the fact. 
Now, if just being in good physical condition is your priority, then yeah, yoga is freaking amazing. That other stuff's good. Just know when your body is not feeling good enough to go out there and be pounding out motos. If you're going out and pounding out motos, you better be feeling pretty fresh or else things are gonna get dangerous quickly. Otherwise, if you have access to any time there's even a question as to if you're not feeling physically up to it enough, your time is always going to be better spent in a turn track setting, lowering the wrist by not hitting jumps and just focusing on technique. You stand up drill, feet in the pegs drill, one hand drill, and ride a turn track, a circle track, figure eight, something like that. That's what I would say. Yeah. Cam, any uh, advice from professional athlete cameraman Cam? Yes, um, because I'm, you know, I have a picture with Jet Lawrence. So it's you're always you're legit. always sore. So this might be me. You oh, might be a good sore. person to ask. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I've been trying to preach to myself because he didn't. This is the only scenario he didn't name. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, what like what what's your sleep like? That's oh, yeah. that's my issue, dude. My mind is always ready to go ride, but I don't like it. Completely depends on how much I've slept. Like my I have so much fun at the track when I've like slept for two days. Also, um, I learned this in high school. One of the only things I learned in high school. Just kidding. Not really. Uh, the night before the night before is what counts. Have you ever heard of that saying? Sure. I mean, just high, high, with hydration and nutrition. Yeah, but sleep, same sleep. deal, apparently. So the night before the night before, meaning if you have a race day Saturday, Thursday night is where you need to get your best sleep. Because you already know Friday night, you're like, if you have a race on Saturday, Friday night, you might not sleep as well. All this stuff, you got to get up early to go to the track. That's always my thing. I have to leave at like 7 a.m. And that's early for me. Um, But yeah, dude, I mean, for me, I just, I just try to work on sleeping more, which is my constant issue in everything I do. But especially when it comes to riding, if I haven't slept, dude, my body is just not there. It's just weak. It's like weaker than it should be. doesn't matter how much you train, you know? And just, just be smart enough to just then read your body and know, Hey, today, do I have to back it down or am I feeling optimal enough today to really go for it? Just always remember that it's not like you're not going to play basketball. Like you're risking your life on a dirt bike. So you you do not want to be showing up and having a compromised position and all of that because you're slightly sore or tired. Yeah. Right. Good question though. Yeah, it is a good, good question. question. I would say easy solution to make sure that your days are every other at most. I mean, right now being in the shape that I'm in, I couldn't go every other. Mm. I would have to go every third. Yeah. And then I would work my way to every other, you know what I mean? And then maybe, maybe at a certain point I could then work my way to doing back to back ride days, but making sure that I'm strategizing to make sure that I have heavy day, very light day, heavy day, very light day. Yeah. I like it. Good question. Cool. Next one. This podcast is going to be way over an hour. Are you cool with that? What are we at now? We're on hour 18. Okay. We'll, we'll answer two more. We'll go to hour 30. Two more. Okay. Just let us know when we get to hour 30. Sounds good. This is a two-parter. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be super hydrated. Muted. Unbelievable. Oh. Gosh. I'm such an... Such a Does he have a... Does he have a stank dog shirt on? Yeah, and a stank dog stash. Look at this guy. No way. Cameraman Cam and AJ Catanzaro. My name's Adam. I'm the wish version of stank dog repping your t-shirt. 
Um, just wondering if a 252 stroke is too much for a beginner novice rider. So there it is. You two part question. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, or two parter. Got it. Instead of the 252 stroke, do you think a 354 stroke would be a better choice for a novice beginner rider or even that electric bike that is coming out the Stark Varg? What do you think about that for beginner and novice riders? Okay. That, that, that became a loaded question here quickly. So <laughs> it's a two parter. I, I would. Uh, I would say the Stark Varg, I actually, matter of fact, I listened to a podcast clip today, shout out Gypsy Tales, and he had Sebastian Tortelli on, and they were talking about how the Stark Varg, uh, or any electric bike for that matter, is the perfect learning tool for a beginner. I would tend to agree with that. So I would say, because you're, well, I don't know, how beginner are you? You know, because you don't want to develop bad habits and not know how to use the clutch and not know how to shift if you plan on learning to ride a normal dirt bike one day, right? But if you understand the concept of those things and you're halfway efficient enough in them already, then yes, I would say that the electric bike, the Stark Varg would be the ultimate beginner bike because you're eliminating the extra controls. You can focus on body position, which is the most important thing by far. Uh, second bike in that list would be the 354 stroke is a pretty darn good bike to ride. It's, it's not too fast. Uh, at times it has a little more power than 250F, but in a very controllable way. Suspension on those things are usually pretty plush. The power delivery is controllable. 252 stroke would be at the bottom of that list in that a lot of two, 252 strokes that I've ridden are pretty beastly and they can get away from you quick. I would put that more on the scale of like a 450 and saying, if you're a beginner, unless you're a heavy dude, which it doesn't look like you are, I would say stay away from that 252 stroke to start and get the Stark Varg. I bet you, especially if you haven't tried an electric bike before and Cameron Cam can attest to this, it's freaking fun. Oh, it's the best. And it's the perfect learning. It's the perfect learning tool. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, so obviously the Stark like media releases all came out this week mm-hmm. in the past week. Did you watch a bunch of it? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I was don't have fairly a lot of time, but unimpressed with what not by the it. bike, but just by the, the content that most people were rolling out. I was yeah. like thinking of all the th- things that we would have done. Oh, I know. Oh, I would have loved to be. I don't know why we weren't there, but yeah, where, where did that they was do maybe it? Maybe a bad call on my end. Where did they do it? Well, I, we got and inv- I got invited to people watching this and I said no. Oh, well. Well, oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> however, I did spec one out. Um, yeah, Price-wise? Yeah, it's, it's 14 grand. Mm. Like, That's not bad. I mean, it's a sick bike. Yeah. I mean, You're going to pay 14 grand for a KTM 450. Right, but why would I buy a KTM 450? Right. Uh, I've decided I'm, I'm going to get an electric one. You have. I yeah, mean, yeah. You just have to. It's, yeah, especially since we're going to very likely or... I'm good. I'll probably get an electric truck. It just kind of makes sense. Yeah. Not to mention like you, you, you can ride anywhere. That's the only thing for me. Mm-hmm. One. And I'm going to create the world's first country's first e-bike only training facility. So there's that too. You should just, ah, oh, dude, I hope you can just build it somewhere sick. Well, we're looking. So like, people out there, if you know of any spots anywhere that is like 
unusually rural for a motocross track, but could potentially host e-bikes because the only factor at that point would be liability and dust control. You would think, yeah, you would uh, think. commercial property, minimum of 15, I'd say minimum of 20, 20 acres, but not huge. Like I'd say 20 to 30 acres would probably be a sweet spot. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Yeah, we're going to do it. So yeah, I would say get an electric bike. Everybody in Moto Academy, I'd recommend getting electric bikes. Dude, it's just going to be, they're just more Uh, Jack, don't post this clip on YouTube because I got to keep that idea somewhat secretive. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, All right, cool. Okay, next one. Do you want to do one more? Yeah, one more. One more? Uh, I mean, we, we, so ha- we have three left. Oh, let's do them. All right, let's we're just quick, do them. Here we go. Hey, cameraman Cam, Coach AJ. Uh, question for you guys on your podcast today. What can I do to avoid getting kicked sideways when I approach a rutted up or cupped out jump fit? Um, I've noticed now that I'm getting more comfortable with jumping and, you know, clearing those bigger jumps, I ride a lot of sand and some of those jump faces get cupped out and rutted out pretty easily. And I tend to find myself getting kicked more sideways. Um, I'm Mm. pretty good about landing hard on the gas. I know I've watched a lot of your videos, so that definitely gets me out of danger in most cases. Um, but I do want to get to the point where I can start hitting those jumps and not have to worry about getting kicked sideways and just ride on with my day. Um, any advice helps? Okay. Another well-articulated question. Uh, that's tricky because when jump faces start, if he was saying he was having that issue on a smooth jump face, that's an easy answer. When you're dealing with ruts and kickers, it's very, it's, it's a case by case basis to an extent. I would say generally speaking, riding a taller gear and carrying more speed than what you think you need is how you'd want to approach any jump, but definitely a jump that is a little sketchy and rough and rutted approaches more speed than you think. There are some situations where if you get a kicker, like right at the top, you have to sometimes like ramp up the throttle when you're in that kicker, because if you try to go smooth throttle, then it it is going to kick the back end of the bike. So although it's not a great habit to learn, like sometimes you have to react a little bit with the kicker depending body position wise you have to the biggest thing is making sure that your hips remain rotated out and your hips stay unlocked and you allow the bike to get kicked because if you resist and you tuck your butt under and tuck your drive your pelvis forward it the whole bike and your whole body is going to react 10 times worse so you approach and kind of hope for the best and carry the speed early, ride the taller gear, stay on the gas through the kicker. You don't want to be letting off in those situations. If anything, like I said, you want to be ramping up the throttle and then just keep those hips unlocked enough to where that bike has the freedom to move around. Like, I'm just picturing myself like at Club MX and that sand section coming out of the back when you would jump. Almost every time my bike would get kicked a little sideways and I knew it was going to, so I would just let it. And the more I let it get kicked sideways, the less it would actually kick. The times where I was like, oh, crap, and I would like tuck my butt under is the times that that bike would react even worse. I know that's easier said than done, but that would be my advice. I know the, the famous question, I've heard this more, I feel like I've heard this question asked more from like students than any other. 
is a question of like, how do I get straight if I've been kicked? And correct me if if I'm wrong. Isn't the answer just kind of like friggin' figure it out? <laughs> well, like, I, my solution to it is drive your head. If it's not already, get your head further forward. Right. For some reason, that seems to really help. And then you, you can, I mean, if you get kicked, you can kind of pull it back in a little bit with your leg. But getting your head further forward is the best solution to that. And then just landing super, super hard on the throttle. The, the worst thing you can do in any situation is, like I said, tuck your hips under, which ultimately is going to drive your head further back. And when your head gets driven further back, you're not going to be able to crack that bike at all in the air. At all. Yep. You'd be surprised how sideways you can land if you're in the correct position as like AKA a confident position in a strong position with your head forward when you land. Like I shoot, I can land with the back tire basically in front of me and be not like, not even like think about it. I could just like move forward as if nothing happened. I love, I, I wish I saved the photo, but there's this photo of Eli Tomac where his bike is just so out of whack and you can, he's wearing clear lenses and you can see his eyes just like not affected at all. Just like looking ahead. It was, Oh, it's so cool looking. Yeah. Anyhow. And that's hard to teach because that takes a lot of confidence to, to, to stick to the game plan like that. But yeah, that's my advice. Cool. All right. Next, next one. Hey, Moto Academy. Uh, my this question is a shady is, looking what character. Does your dietary and nutritional routine look like on and off the track to keep you fit and fueled year round. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about this on the next podcast. Thanks. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. Why? Just just because he has sunglasses on? Yeah, I was I was being facetious, but replay. I missed the first part of the question. Oh, good, good lord! All right. <laughs> hey, Moto Academy. Uh, my question is, what does your dietary and nutritional routine look like on and off the track to keep you fit and fueled year-round? Oh, okay. Uh, well, who is that? I have no idea. Podcast. Thanks. Uh, oh, oh, oh. oh. I, but you said it as if you knew who he got it, was. Got it, Diet, well. Can I make a huh? suggestion? Yeah. We need to have Coach Evan on the podcast soon. Yeah. Uh, I, I reached out to Subify this week, and they're looking into... Uh, seeing how we could live stream i guess this doesn't have anything to do with the podcast but nope, how we can live stream together right in the app yeah be cool. uh, oh man dude oh. uh, you're just so like you know how it's just terrible to hear it, in a it podcast it sneaks up on me All right, okay. can you hear me of course <laughs> it's a podcast really? i can do nothing but hear you all right any oh Okay, so uh, my advice, nutrition-wise, talk to Coach. Evan. I don't. I don't. I'm not the guy to ask for that. I mean, I have a couple key things I try to stick to, but I my big thing is I typically just really attempt to just hydrate extremely well, which consists of making sure that I have something mixed in my water. Like when I'm home, I have a bag of scratch hydration fuel upstairs, and I mix it in super super light, like a fourth of what it calls for for a serving. And I have that in my water all day long. As soon as I start to feel like my, I have it in this right now, as soon as my mouth starts to get a little dry, then I'll mix it even less mm-hmm. because that just means that I went a little too buck wild with putting too many electrolytes in there. But hydration is a huge thing. Nutrition, I, I eat pretty well when I'm home. But like this morning I had we went to the Amish place and I got a waffle with Vermont maple syrup and some Attaboy. strawberries and bananas on it. 
not ideal. Part of the reason I'm probably having my issues right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd send, you know, my advice is send, you're in the app, dude. Send a message to Coach Evan and just ask for general nutrition advice or let him know what you're struggling with the most or what you feel you need help with. Yeah, Evan knows a lot about yeah. this stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's brilliant when it comes to this stuff. And he's a huge asset. Um, I can't wait to have him on the podcast. We should have Akeem on the podcast. We should have Dave on the podcast. Any, anybody in the app, I think yeah. we got to start doing it. And it would be easy enough to do it, right? Absolutely. We're doing okay. it. I mean, I don't expect other people to have nice mics like we do, but we could make it work. Or be able to send in and drop the footage like I dropped my footage to you. That yeah, might don't be worry about difficult. it. We don't need to talk about this right now. All right, okay. last question. Okay. But uh, probably, yeah, probably the most important question we've gotten. Oh, does it involve you? Absolutely, it does. <laughs> this is my guy. This is my guy. I think we, yeah. That fellas, important question for all the Cam fans out there. Okay. When are we getting the merch? Inquiring minds want to know. Oh, great question. Let's go. Great question. We're having a bit of a holdup from the artists at the moment. In fact, we're we're kind of transitioning over to somebody else. Oh, I don't even know this. Yeah, just because it's taking too long to for us to get designs. Yeah, it really is. Uh, like we tasked your cameraman Cam merch designs over a month ago. Yeah, taking too long. So yeah, cameraman Cam merch. I would say expect it. I'd say expect it within six weeks. Sick. To be fair. I haven't even, I, I don't know any of this. Yeah, no, <laughs> so you won't summer. know it until it's out. This summer. Yeah, it's I know. It's this it. summer. I would say to be, to be safe, let's say this summer. All right, so sick. Yeah. I can't we wait. Have, we have, we have already talked about the the amount of shirts we're doing, the, t- the designs we're doing. Yep. Yeah, we have all that uh, dialed in. Just a matter of waiting for us to be shown the proofs and then we're ready yeah. to move forward. Definitely um, a very introductory first lineup but i'm excited i think it'll be good but i think it'll it, it's it'll be good i think it's gonna be sick and if you guys want to be entered to win that 125 don't don't wait for that cameraman cam merch get out there right now <laughs> get some team moto academy merch uh, and i tell you what it's good it's real good it's really nice i mean i'm where oh i forgot to say i was matching that guy with the stank dog t-shirt um yeah yeah the quality is legit the, the quality is the stuff you w- would want to wear you know, this ain't no, uh, what's the, the, what's a really bad t-shirt company? Like the Gildan? One, yeah, Gildan. This ain't no Gildan. No. And I'm, 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 I don't like to wear, I like to wear nice stuff, nice stuff only. I got the Johnny Depp sunglasses on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Real I'm nice not going to wear no Gildan t-shirt. Unbelievable. You got the, just because of Johnny Depp? Seriously? You oh, know what these are? Oh my gosh. I do. Do you? Well, because you told me. Oh. <laughs> I like to wear nice things. And my these hoodies and these t-shirts, everything we, we come out with, like I make sure that it's really, really nice. And I hope that you guys think the same because I put a lot of work into making sure we have nice stuff. So if you want to win the 125, I think they're, let me, let me check this. By the time this podcast is released... You're going to have just about 20 days even. Right now, there's 22 days left yep. 
uh, and right when you go to the website, it says right at the top. So you'll know. And every dollar you spend will automatically track. So when you start adding stuff to your cart on the website, whether it's private lessons or shopping for the tour or shopping for the merch, it'll tell you before you check out how many entries you are being given. Uh, also, Cam, with that being said, I'm going to plug some tour dates. Oh, look at that. We just got an order. Somebody just ordered $44. What could that have been? Straps. OG. No, the, the straps are sold out. We ordered some new ones in red nice. this time, but there's like a 60-day lead time, so it's taking a little bit. Gotcha. We got Moto X Academy T, one of the OG ones. Nice. Uh, and we got the Moto Academy Woman's Tank. Nice. Solid choice. Uh, uh, somebody ordered from Texas. Yeah, hey, so we got dates. Tomahawk, I'm going to be there. And then we're going to High Point. We're going to be Next there. Week. We're going to be at High Point. Okay, so... Not the whole time. Hey, we, we have to also do what I sent you. Yes, I know. In this podcast, which I can't remember what that was, but remind me when we wrap this episode. Yep, yep I got you. Uh, and we should have probably done this at the beginning, but I'll do it now. This week, matter of fact, I'll be in Cadiz, Ohio, Fuel Motorsports. June 14th, June 15th. There are still a couple spots left for both of those days, I believe. That is this Tuesday, Wednesday, I think. Then I go to my home track, Tomahawk MX, next Friday. Last Tomahawk class? Yeah, at least of this year, 617. So that is next Friday, Tomahawk MX. There's, I think, three or four spots left to that one. Yep. Get signed up for that if you're not already. I've been seeing a lot of those roll in this morning. Then... I go June 21st and 22nd, going to be at Bowl Hollow Raceway in Utah. That's a sick one, really difficult to get to. Day one of that is sold out, but there are spots, a couple spots for day two of that. And then the last place I'm going this month, we have Lincoln Trail in Illinois, which is a sick track, June 28th, 29th. And uh, then, there's a couple spots left for both of those days. Then we go to Martin MX in Michigan, but that one's sold out. Yeah, question. Lincoln Trail. Uh, okay. Royal, Royal Power Sports will be there. Are you going to be there? Uh, we need to talk about that because it's right before Redbud, and I will definitely be at uh, Redbud. Oh right, it's yeah, like and whole, you're going to be at the Martin MX, so you're not going to be there. It's Shoot. like the whole week that you'd be there. Uh, right. Wait, right. I'm going to where? Well, you're. Are you going to Martin MX and Redbud? I got nothing I planned after High Point, but we'll figure it out. Well, we'd have to choose either you. You. I'm, go, I'm to definitely going to Redbud all day long. So the Martin MX is the sold out class we have on that Friday in Michigan. So you'll hit those two days would make more sense. Yeah. And you heard, you said Martin is cool, right? All right. Let's not schedule on the bottom. It's supposed to be sick. And then going to Winchester, New Hampshire. Then we got Germany. Then we have Iowa, Oregon, Calgary. First class I've done in Canada. Then we got Ireland, uh, New York. United Kingdom, which there's only one spot left, United Kingdom. So sign up there if you're from the UK. Uh, shoot, going to be flipping everywhere. If you don't have a class near you and you want one, send me a message and I will do my best. Uh, very unlikely that we'd be able to schedule it for 22, but you never know. And at least I can kind of get it on my radar moving forward. Cool. But that was good. How long is this podcast? Good talk. Like forever. Freaking an hour and a half. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. That, okay, that's good. That didn't seem like an hour and a half. They, they no, my quick camera didn't die. First podcast yet that my camera didn't die. I know. Die mine's one I, bar now. I can't believe yours didn't die. I'm at two. 
Dang. Cool. Not that it's a competition, mm. but nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I got two bars. Yeah. All right. Thank yeah. you all for sending questions. I've already had more submissions just in the time that we've been recording this, but Great. please thank send them in. Ask questions. Um, can be about writing. Don't have to be about writing. Yeah. What else? That's all, I guess. Sign up for a class, get some merch, send in more questions. So that way Cam has more than 10 minutes to weed through them. Yep. Uh, and I'll uh, definitely try to watch the races for next week. So we have something hmm. to talk about. Oh, we'll be there. We'll literally be there. We'll watch them. Yeah, we will be there. Yep. Okay. Uh, toodaloo.